You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KCCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Extension Hour, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, all about our people, our programs, our partnerships. It's what we talk about on the Extension Hour because uh, we do lots of cool things and sometimes people don't always realize everything when we do, so we like to highlight those those kinds of things. So I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent, Family and Community Health, and I've got two lovely guests with me to here today. Um, well, and I say guests, but you know, I said we're people, programs, partners. Um, so I, I consider you one of our people, Savannah, mm-hmm. and then of course Michelle. Michelle Mahalik is a legend in Montgomery County. She is our county extension agent for 4-H. And Michelle, you want to say hi and introduce yourself? I'm glad to be here. Michelle Mahalik. I'm the county extension agent for the 4-H program in Montgomery County. And I say a legend because you've been here for a while, right? Mm, 22 years. Yeah, so built a very illustrious career, and mm-hmm. we're glad to have you on the show today. Um, you're, you, off, you stay really busy, and so it's often hard for you to, to get here. Um, but so today we have Savannah Martin. And so Savannah's like, you're going to be a twofer because yeah, I know. Does that sound, yes. Yes. So because um, we're going to talk about what you do in your work, but we're going to also talk a little bit about your background and how you got here. And, and we'll talk about the 4-H program because you were a 4-H member for quite some time, right? I was. I was. Yes. Uh, my name is Savannah Martin. I work as a media and communication coordinator for the Dispute Resolution Center in Montgomery County. That's where I am now, but I have my roots here in Montgomery County uh, and was in for, I was in 4-H for 10 years and got to work with our lovely Miss Michelle right next to me <laughs> well, for that time. So. A couple of years before that, because I think yeah. you were a Clover kid for a while. <laughs> because you have an older sister, right? Yes, and you I kind have. of tagged along. <laughs> You know, got to do everything after them. So yeah, yeah. All right. So let's just let's jump right into it and talk about the dispute resolution center. So pe- for people who don't know what that is, tell us a little bit about it. Of course. So uh, we are a nonprofit organization here in downtown Conroe. We're actually just across the street from the courthouse. Basically, what we do is we offer mediation services. So um, for anyone who doesn't know what mediation is, basically, um, whenever you're in um, a conflict and the most typical thing that people do is they like file a lawsuit or you're going to a court system to try and solve that. And while we definitely handle those types of cases, we also handle the cases where, say, you want to come up with a creative solution for that conflict, you can come to us. And mediation is basically a very um, informal kind of way to handle conflict where we have a mediator who's basically a facilitator for a conversation to happen between the two parties that are in conflict to kind of help them learn how to communicate together and kind of empower them to solve their conflicts on their own, actually. So this is like legal, uh, conflicts with legal ramifications, right? So if, if I get mad at Michelle, <laughs> would you, <laughs> would you, do you guys step in for like personal kinds of things or only things with legal? So we, there's, um, we have like, we call them three different types of mediation mm-hmm. or like we do general, so that's civil mediation. So that is uh, neighbor disputes, animal disputes, anything like that. Or mm-hmm. if they're in the courts, um, they're just general or civil cases. We also do family disputes. So that could be um, divorce or anything like that. And we also do probate um, with, with wills and things like that. And then we also do CPS cases. Those are the different kind of cases that we can handle. Basically, if you have a conflict, most likely we'll be able to um, get you in to have a mediation. Okay. And, ju- and just to clarify, you said CPS cases. So that's yes. Child Protective Services, correct? Yes, it is. So those are usually children who've been taken out of their home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then for whatever reason, you guys can work with them to get them either back in their home or a better or so a different home. Basically, the way that we work with that is we bring everyone who's involved in that case and everyone involved in the case comes for a mediation to kind of try and work out a solution. So that's everyone um, who's involved in the situation. So in that it's because it's not in court, it kind of allows for more creative um, solutions to be come up with. And also it's a four hour block is what we give. So we give them um, time and space and comfort. We have a very large room that basically specifically CPS mediations take place in. We have one of my favorite things is we really try and make our space a very comfortable area for people to be in because we know it's very difficult when you're in conflict. So we have 
cookies, coffee, mm-hmm. um, and all sorts of snacks and things just to kind of help make everyone feel at home while they're kind of going through a difficult situation. Right. So it's not just so cold and um, yes, exactly formal. So like you said, yes. you try to have a really f- informal um, arrangement mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So Savannah, what brought you to this type of job? So you're commu- let's talk a little bit more. So you're a communications and media director. Yes. So yes. what is what does that mean? Uh, so that, I guess, means anything that is in regards to how you think of the Dispute Resolution Center is kind of what I'm in charge of, if that makes sense. So anything mm-hmm. public relations, so anything you see online about us, our website, anything regarding that, or like being out in the community, that's kind of what I've been focusing on doing, if that makes sense. Sure. And how did you get into doing that? So do we want to go all the way back in time right now? <laughs> so, well, let me ask Michelle Mahalik, do you, what did you think um, Savannah would do when she grew up? And uh, Something very impressive <laughs> and something with people. Very people-oriented um, and, and interactive and very caring. So it seems like the perfect job for her right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, how far do you want to go back? Back to Clover Kid days or? I don't remember those days. <laughs> I, I do remember. There's um, probably stories, though. Do you have, like, probably. family stories where they say, Savannah, you remember when you did this or that? Well, I, I will tell you that um, one of the best things that my mom ever had me do and helped me do and encouraged me to mm-hmm. do was record books. And so I still have all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've kept all the records, which means I have all of the hours because I was blessed to be able to do a lot of things through 4-H, and sometimes I kind of forget some of the things that I was able to do, and I look back now, and I'm kind of taken aback at, wow, I was able to do so many different things through Mm 4-H. And, Michelle, you you have no use for record books, right? (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. Michelle, we call her, sometimes we call her the record book queen. She really is a great advocate for record Mm -hmm. books and the value that they provide. So I do have a very strong passion for 4-H record books, um, not something that I loved doing as a 4 H'er, <laughs> and I know that Savannah and Sierra both had lots of fun getting theirs done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the value of learning how to keep those records, um, attempting to have a competitive record book so that every year you're compared to your peers and you have the opportunity to see where you stand. Mm-hmm. So that when it gets to be your senior year, you have a good idea and you've had time to add in the leadership, look for more community service opportunities, look at project activities that increase that competitive ability. Mm-hmm. But not only does it make a competitive record book, but every scholarship application that I have seen asks for your community service hours and activities, your leadership activities, and your extracurricular activities. And that's what our record book keeps up with. And I think Savannah can give a true testament as to where that helps with the scholarship funds. It like literally pays off to do a record book, right? In terms of getting a scholarship. So it paid off for me in several different ways. Um, I was blessed to be able to, because I'd started on my record books kind of very young, I was able, I won first place at state twice, which that meant I got to go on. So if you win uh, in Texas, at least if you win first place at the state level in your category, you have the opportunity to go on a trip to Washington, D.C. And so I was blessed to be able to take that opportunity and I got to go to Washington, D.C. You do all kinds of things. You tour all of the national monuments, everything like that. You get to go and meet um, leaders and the government. And it was just those trips are just some of the precious memories that I have. And beyond that, uh, my senior year, because of my record books, I was blessed to be able to receive scholarships I um, one of those scholarships I received was an HLSR scholarships and Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo yes yes thank you for sure. e- explaining that um, and through those scholarships and because I'd kept track of all of that work um, I was incredibly blessed and was able to use all those scholarships to pay for my college my parents actually never had to pay for anything uh, when it came to college because because I'd been able to learn so much and do so much throughout 4-H um, I was blessed to get those scholarships that helped so much incredibly. Um, and now I get to say that I don't have debt when it comes to college. And that is awesome. such a, 
it's a big relief to be able to walk out of you know something that's supposed to be so um, helpful and growth for you personally and then you walk out and if you have so much debt it can be very hard to kind of feel like you can ever, ever like um, over like come that if that makes sense so sure. that's been a huge <laughs> blessing to me I, I can vouch for the <laughs> yeah, debt load but yeah. that's a whole other story um, so Michelle I know one of the things that you focused on is the economic impact of scholarships throughout the well like Montgomery County in particular so do you recall figures off the top of your head uh, of last year we had four students get $40,000 through the Texas 4-H Foundation Opportunity yes. Scholarship um, and the year before that, it was 45500 mm-hmm. um, And that's been about the average over the last six or seven mm-hmm. years. So the scholarships that are available are up to like ten dollars to $15,000, right? Twenty. The Houston uh, Livestock Show and Rodeo Scholarship is now at $20,000. And then there's some smaller ones, mm-hmm. 100 150 the, $250, 500 And the skill of writing that scholarship application and the benefit of having your record book done is the ability to write any scholarship application Mm -hmm. and so that's the skill that savannah took on and continued through college looking for scholarship opportunities and continued writing scholarship applications far after she graduated from high school and not just her senior year so that that's the skill that she carried forward mm-hmm. and do you use that in grant writing and that sort of thing in your job now I do I most definitely do I still use um, and I keep that record keeping and that's been mm-hmm. a big part of even my life is I have that <laughs> habit ingrained in me now of mm-hmm. when I do something or something happens within even my organization I take note of it and I write it down and I print it out and I keep it somewhere because those are just very important things to keep back on but um my writing was definitely very much improved upon um because through the record books you go through judging at um the county district and state level and you get feedback um and that feedback really helped me to improve my record book and improve my writing Mm -hmm. um to something that was competitive yeah and i'm thinking there's probably a connection between that judging and feedback Mm -hmm. and dispute resolutions. And I want to explore that a little bit further, but we're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, We'll be back in just just a few minutes, but we are listening to the Extension Hour right here on Lone Star Radio 104.5 and 106.1. And Savannah, all your friends and family can go back and watch this if they're missing it like right now, because it's going to be podcast and recorded. So you can yeah look at the camera, say, hey, fam, hey, friends. Hi. (laughs) And we'll be right back. Family and community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension helping Texans make their lives better. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936 936- with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com.
And welcome back. This is the Extension Hour. Texas A&M, AgriLife Extension Service, People Programs, Partnerships, all the great things that we do in Extension, and the wonderful people that we have that we get to celebrate with, their successes, and um, fun to watch them grow up. So I... You know, I know you kind of get tired of, oh, Savannah, you've grown up so much. Look at what you thought. It is, it's really cool. And like for us who have been in extension for a while, it's, it's always awesome to see the success that 4-H members are able mm-hmm. to achieve. And mm-hmm. um, so I know like I, there's one 4-H member that I uh, had in another county. And I remember the very first time she did a food show, the child would not talk. She just had a really difficult time even expressing anything she had what and she wanted to and she tried but it was just um it was it was very difficult for her because she was really shy but by the time she graduated from um high school she reminds me a little bit of you she was just able to achieve so much and overcome so much do you see the same thing michelle i see exactly the same thing yep did you see that in savannah yes yep so savannah do you tell us about your very first experience so um and I know this because I this was it lasts until my senior year. I got to say that and go back to when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I remember very vividly. Uh, I was very shy. I hated talking to people. I hated doing anything in public. I just it was not my thing. It just people just kind of terrified me. <laughs> they still terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Then I got a dog and I started doing the dog project Mm -hmm. and I learned how to communicate first with my dog kind of. And then, uh, I started having to do, or was encouraged to do leading the pledge, saying the prayer and things like that Mm -hmm. within my club. And after doing that, you know, repeatedly, and because it's kind of a warm and like welcoming environment where everyone's going to be nice, even if you stumble five times. Um, it allowed me to kind of grow and kind of blossom from there to where now I can come on this and be okay. Right. And your job is communications. Yes. My job is now communicating with people, which, you know, I'm very grateful that um, I was able to be in 4-H and kind of sometimes think about if I hadn't had that opportunity to get around other people and be encouraged to speak and be in leadership positions that allow me to grow those capabilities, you know, like where would I be? So I'm just very grateful. And before we went to the break, we were talking about um, the scholarships that you Mm -hmm. received um, enabled you to pay for all of your college without having to take out debt. Um, And Michelle was talking about the record books and the value in uh, filling out scholarship applications. So there's actually a training uh, coming up, right, for people who might be interested in that. We are doing a scholarship training next Thursday night. Um, We'll be highlighting the Texas 4-H Foundation scholarship, but... We also talk about helpful hints and suggestions and where to find scholarships and how to fill stuff out. Um, So it'll be pretty broad. And we strongly encourage our 4-H members that are in high school to come. Um, But I also would encourage junior high and high school um, to come and visit with us and go through that training to kind of get an idea of what they're going to be looking at, what what breaks my heart is to have a senior come to me and want Mm -hmm. help with their scholarship and we sit down and look at okay what kind of community service have you done what kind of leadership activities have you participated in um you know how have you led your group how have you made things better and it because they haven't been keeping up with those records they didn't know they needed those things Mm -hmm. and they are out of time to be able to build those kinds of things in their schedule and look for those activities Mm -hmm. so at worst case scenario if they can come to me as a junior and we sit down and have that conversation then they have at least a year to try to pack in a few things that help in those areas Mm -hmm. um, and looking for those leadership or creating those leadership opportunities Mm -hmm. for themselves. Yeah. And so the other thing that I think is pretty awesome about the 4-H program program is it kind of gives you um, a safe environment. You talked about Mm -hmm. that, how encouraging and warm it is usually. And, um, but also it kind of gives you an excuse if you need one to do community service. I remember when my daughter was in 4-H, she called up an organization or a company or something and she asked to do community service and they were like, why do you want to do community service? You're not, you're not a bad kid. You're not in trouble. You know, some, Mm -hmm. cause some 
folks associate that, that it's like a punishment, but, um, you know, obviously so much more than that. And we can, that's a whole other topic that we could probably go on, but it just gives her a reason, gives 4-H members a reason to ask to, to help. And then Mm -hmm. the value of helping others. Um, and like you've mentioned, it just, it allows you, it, um, works right into your adult life, teaches you great life skills so that you are already accustomed to wanting to help others and helping Mm -hmm. others and getting results from that. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I remember very vividly, and I'm sure Ms. Michelle does too, there's (laughs) quite a few times um, I was blessed to be able to hold some leadership positions both uh, in my club and at the county level. And there was things that I just saw, um, especially in this community, in our community, Mm -hmm. that there was needs that weren't being met um, and was able to create community service projects and actually reach out to the to everyone in the community, not just those in Mm 4-H, to try and raise awareness or do um, donation drives like we did um, a book drive. One time we did a I did a flip flop drive um, for um, there's an organization here in Conroe for the homeless and a lot of them don't have shoes in the summer and flip-flops are the things that they need Mm -hmm. and because I was in 4-H and had a place to go and tell other people who had the same passions of helping other people hey this is a need that we even though we're still technically children we can help meet this need in our community and that's just such an indescribable feeling of being able to because it it makes you look at the world a bit differently sometimes when you look at the world in a way that you can serve others of how can I serve someone else today that changes your worldview it changes like just the way you kind of perceive yourself as well because mm-hmm. when you look at it and you are going throughout the day with how can I help meet someone else's needs today it's just incredibly changing yeah I, I've been doing some work with the behavioral health and suicide prevention task force mm-hmm. um, and one of the um, things that helps in terms of mental health is helping other people mm-hmm. so um, I mean it's just wonderful to see that some people don't even have you know you don't have to get to that point but just what you're saying you can you can see that the world's bigger than just you and that you can help other people and you can Mm -hmm. make a difference. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Michelle? One of Savannah's focuses was community service and hundreds Mm -hmm. and hundreds of hours of community service in the, in the years that she spent with us. Um, And at at the state level too, there were some activities that um, were very widespread. So, Mm She's, um, it's exciting to see her continue that. Yeah. Helping other people. Mm-hmm. So like the dispute resolution center. So yes. that's where we were saying that you, you work now. Yeah. Um, so you were telling us a little bit, um, in the first segment about, um, what the dispute resolution does and basically mm-hmm. it's mediation. Mm-hmm. So tell us what are some of the benefits of mediation? Of course. Yeah. So, and I want to explain that part of the reason I even came back to Conroe because I always wanted to was I always knew that I wanted to be in a position where I was helping people. And so when I um, actually interned for the DRC first mm-hmm. uh, last summer and then was able to come back full time and because I knew I'd be able to help people. And that was just such a big thing for me. And because mediation, there's so many different benefits to it. Like you were saying, there's limited cost for us. Um, we have a set fee schedule for everyone. And if there's an issue and you cannot pay, uh, we accept, it's called an AIP, it's an affidavit of inability to pay. Mm-hmm. We accept that, um, and then you don't have to pay for mediation, if that makes sense. So sure. there's limited cost. Uh, confidentiality is a big thing for a lot of people. For example, if you go into court, everything, for the most part, is public record. And anyone can come in and sit down and hear your court case. Um, and sometimes read it later, right? Yes, I mean, you can look it, up. It's yeah. public record. Yeah. You, you can look up and find everything. So... You know, air your dirty laundry that way. (laughs) Yes. Mediation allows because everything that comes out in mediation, if it comes out there, that is confidential. It doesn't get to come out anywhere else. Um, And anyone working at the DRC or the mediator, they actually can't ever even be subpoenaed to go into court. Um, So whatever happens in the mediation, there's there's a few um, exceptions, of course, but whatever happens that mediation, the offers and things that come out, you're offered a sense of confidentiality of this is between you and the other person and you're mm-hmm. trying to work things out together. Um, the only things that come out of that are if you reach an agreement, it's called a mediated settlement agreement. Mm-hmm. And that is signed by both parties and that's a legally binding um, contract, truthfully. And then the only other thing is it's called a mediation results report, which that's um, given to the court if it is in a court case. 
Um, and that just says how long you were there and whether you came to an agreement or not, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, and also the thing is we're typically able to schedule very quickly compared to court cases mm-hmm. take a very long time. Right. I don't have the statistics, but if anyone has been um, in that situation before, it can take a lot of time um, to go through that whole process. Yeah. And so you mentioned a little bit about cost and there yes. are um, the ability to um, cost Uh, adjustments, but Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about how much it usually costs. Of course. Um, So for family and general cases, which we talked about earlier, that is $125 per party. Um, If it's a JP case, meaning it's a small claims case, that's $25 per party. So JP, like Justice of the Peace, something that would have normally gone to a Justice of the Peace. Yes. Okay. Um, So most of the Justice of the Peaces in the area send um, a lot of their cases over to us. And try, we try to set that mediation within 60 days. And if not, it goes back to court. But we also have uh, mediators go out directly to some of the courts, the JP courts mm-hmm. within the county, and they mediate on site. And if they mediate on site, that's actually a free service that we offer. So that's a really cool thing that yeah. we do. Yeah, I yeah. love that we do that. Um, and then our CPS cases, those are always free. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you guys do really some amazing things. And um, mm-hmm. we want to talk a little bit more about some of the, because we've just started on some of the things that the Dispute Resolution yes. Center um, does. But and then also want to learn more about you and your 4-H um, yeah. experience and kind of how mm-hmm. that, you know, we talked a little bit about the life skills that you've developed, but mm-hmm. um, that there's more there, too. So yes. we're going to take another little break, but we'll be back. And we're listening to the Lone Star Radio. And this is the Extension Hour, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension service and we'll be right back after this. You're going to need me. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. And welcome back to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent, Family Community Health. I have Michelle Mahalik with me. She's County Extension Agent for 4-H. And I have Savannah Martin, who is a former 4-H member and the Communication Director for Dispute Resolution Center. Did I just give you a promotion? Is it, what is your title? It's a co- I'm a coordinator. <laughs> a but coordinator. Director. director, coordinator. You, you direct the things that you do every day. So, mm-hmm. okay. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this is the extension hour. We talk all about the things. So we mentioned some of the trainings that are coming up with 4-H. Um, I also want to mention that we have a, um, in the agriculture department, there is a CEU training. So continuing education units, you know, people who have like pesticide applicator license, mm-hmm. they have to maintain that license 
lessons by continuing education. And so um, there's a few opportunities throughout the year for folks to get those hours that they need, but there's one more coming up. Um, so your last chance for 2019, um, December 12th, um, 2019, and that will be at the, our office at 9020 Airport Road. Um, it'll start about 7.30. It goes through the day. They do a testing at the end. And um, this one is, is this the one to, like, if your license is lapsed to renew, do you know? I'm looking at you like you, like you know. No. Brandon's probably this. saying, I told you that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, either way, if you need um, CEUs, uh, you know, if this one doesn't work, there's other opportunities. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely call us at the extension office. Um, and, you know, we have a few different numbers that we spout out. So the one that I usually give people is different than the one that Michelle <laughs> usually gives people. Mm -hmm. But it all goes to the same line. Um, so 936 539 Two five is one way. Um, so if you've got questions about CEUs, you've got questions about 4-H, um, questions about why is my plant dying, <laughs> questions about why did my pickles turn blue when I canned them, all those kind of questions. We we've got we've got answers, and if we don't have them, we can usually usually find them. Um, but speaking of trainings and questions, another thing that the Dispute Resolution Center does is trainings. Yes, we do. So because um, all of our mediators are volunteers and we offer uh, general mediation training, um, family training and the CPS training, as well as arbitration training. And um, we do bilingual training as well, because mm -hmm. that's another um, service that we offer is we do mediations in Spanish as well. And those we schedule out throughout the year. So we do a general one. That's a 40 hour training um, and you go through everything it takes to kind of be a mediator and you learn how to be an impartial um, bystander in a conversation kind of help and direct communication which is something that a lot of our volunteers have said how much has impacted them not even just to be a mediator but because you're learning how to communicate and you're learning how to handle conflict yourself so a lot of them have found that it helps their professional career and it helps their family life a lot as well when you're learning how to do those things and sure. handle conflict well so yeah because conflict is one of those people get really yeah. emotional and when there's mm -hmm. emotions involved usually um it's harder to think through things really clearly mm -hmm. so um, so you're saying these trainings kind of teach people to remove themselves from the the emotion and just really look at it more factually? Yes, uh, most definitely. You kind of learn conflict styles because there are different styles of how you right. handle conflict. Um, you, there's so much you learn um, in that course. It's hard to even like begin to describe what you learn. Sure. But um, the basics are like you're learning how to communicate effectively, how to kind of sense what each person in the room needs, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Because one of the goals as a mediator is to bring everyone up to a level playing field, if that makes sense. So when there's power in situations, one of the main mm -hmm. things that they're trying to do is level out that power and make sure that everyone has an equally strong voice in the mediation, if that makes sense. So that's mm -hmm. one of the big things that they kind of learn about in that training. So how long does that training take? So because it's a 40-hour training, I we haven't set up our schedule, and we've mm -hmm. done it differently a few times. So you'll have to kind of check back okay. for when we have that training schedule. I believe we've done it um, – in two days and then another two days the following week before I believe so okay. so 40 hours that's like 40 hours so four 10 hour days is a possibility for yes, the training four 10 okay. hour days is a possibility so. okay and then so those are just offered whenever you can get them into the schedule when yes. you, okay so we do we typically do at least one um, general training and a family training a year and then we do CPS training based off of like how many people are interested in doing that training because it is a you're dealing with in CBS mediations there's typically a very big room and a lot of people involved mm. so you have to be able to handle that situation and kind of make sure again that everyone has an equal chance to talk if that makes sense right so if someone wanted to be trained to be a mm -hmm. mediator um, they just call you and put their name on a list so that yes. they can be notified when things come up basically that's exactly what you do um, you could call our number which is 936-760-6914 and then you'll want to talk to Amber who is our volunteer coordinator and if you hit basically any of the numbers we will direct you to Amber and she'll put your name on a list um, and then it, say you have your credentials and you are a credentialed mediator and you want to volunteer with us you can also do that by you would contact the same person her name is Amber and we have paperwork to fill out and then you just have to have your certificates um, from a mediation training course then you can come and 
volunteer with us. Okay, and so does it cost to participate in this training? Yes, it does. And that comes out with all the information about when the training is going to be, if that makes sense. Okay. And then are there, once you um, have gone through the training and Mm -hmm. you get your credentials, are there expectations for like payback time, like like with our master gardeners, right? They go through training, they go through an internship, and then they, um, in order to um, maintain their master gardener status, then they have Mm -hmm. to continue to give back. So they do payback hours. Gotcha. Yeah, so we are not expecting anyone, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, We welcome anyone who would love to come in. They're coming to the training for the purpose of volunteering with us, but we also offer it as a service for anyone who just wants to work on their communication skills and kind of improve themselves and add that um, to their resume. But we, a lot of the people who do go through the training do end up coming to us and volunteering because it's a safe space kind of to do that. we ask that everyone who comes, you observe mediations before you ever mediate by yourself, and then you observe, then you co-mediate, so you have another experienced mediator, um, and then you'll after we've gone over everything we've talked through, and if you ha- don't have any questions, then you'll mediate on your own, and kind of we work with you on a case-by-case basis to see if it takes you longer to be comfortable meeting on your own, then we're fine. If you just want to co-mediate, you know, we're very flexible when it comes to how you can volunteer, if that makes sense. But there's always work to be done. So if always. someone wanted to volunteer, so, I mean, do you guys, do you feel like you have enough or do you need more mediators? Or We're always yeah. looking for more mediators. Uh, we welcome everyone in the community to come. And if mediation isn't your thing and you don't even want to do the training, we mm-hmm. have other positions open um, so that you can do. So right now, I know we have someone volunteering right now. We have, um, we're working on a lending library actually on all these books mm-hmm. about conflict and so we're having someone right now and he's volunteering and helping us kind of organize that and catalog that in a way that makes sense for everyone and you could be a development assistant a special events assistant there's all different kinds of things that you can volunteer with us as right great so tell me that number again if you're interested in volunteering or mediation training of course it's 936-760-6914 okay and so we talked a little bit about 4-H and mm-hmm. um, volunteering, um, community service with 4-H. So at the Dispute Resolution Center, is there anything for young people to do? So if you're going to come to um, our actual center, because there's such sensitive information mm-hmm. that goes on there, that's more of a confidential area. So I believe that everyone probably has to be 18 above. Okay. However, we do have some other things that we can probably have Um some kids come out and do we do a bookmark art contest oh, yeah. every year this past year was our sixth annual year to do it and um, we ask kindergartners through eighth graders throughout the entire county um, to create a bookmark based on either anti-bullying or conflict resolution and they submit that we got over i think it was 2033 wow. entries this year and we're super excited and, and each um grade level gets a place of first through honorable mention okay. um and that they received a cash prize and a ribbon and then we also donated around 60 books um to all the schools that um, participated mm-hmm. uh, with um that were based on anti-bullying and something like that and the books were specifically chosen um with help from the montgomery county memorial library system Um, to help make sure that these books were representing everything that we wanted the um, contest to be about. Okay, so if someone wanted to participate in the bookmark contest, how do they do that? So we actually just finished it for this year. So it goes on through, we start advertising, talking about it basically around August. It starts in September and the entries are due by the end of September. So this is all for 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything is done um, in September and then we do the judging and the award ceremony in October. So to get involved, all the information is on our website. We also reach out to all the teachers who participated in the past and throughout the county and try to let them know um, about this this contest. And so for some reason, um, a school or a teacher is not participating, Mm -hmm. but there's a family who wants to participate, they can do that on their own? Yeah, of course. Um, We welcome homeschoolers, private and public school. Anyone can participate in the contest. Perfect. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys depend a lot on volunteers. Most definitely. As we do. Mm. An extension, right? So, Michelle, you you want to give a shout out to... 4-H volunteers? <laughs> we, we have uh, lots of needs in the county. Um, I encourage 4-H parents to uh, step up and enroll as 4-H volunteers. Um, we, I 
often tell them I don't care if you know which end to feed or which end to scoop as long as you're <laughs> excited enough mm. to want to find the resources to help. It's animals, with, not kids, right? <laughs> so just um, to clarify. To find the resources that uh, would help train the kids and yourself. You're learning along with them. Um, and whether that's cake decorating or 4-H dog project mm-hmm. or... Um, you know, science night, any of those kinds of things, uh, you know, we could use excited parents to help us get those resources pulled together and provide those trainings. Mm-hmm. There's just two of us in the office, and there's 922 4-H members right wow. now. So a lot of need for excited volunteers to help train and speaking of excited volunteers, Holly Martin, Mrs. Martin, <laughs> a.k.a. Savannah's mom. My mom. She's one of our excited <laughs> she, volunteers, uh, right? Savannah has graduated from college, and she is oh. the youngest. Mm-hmm. And so Mom Holly is still volunteering with the 4-H program. Um, she's a member of our finance committee mm-hmm. um, and is our record book guru, Um, She has a very strong belief in the record book system and the record book program. Mm -hmm. And I'll do basic trainings and a little bit of an advanced training. And Holly will make individual appointments with 4-H members and spend about an hour at a time individually talking to each child about how to improve their record book, what they need to look for, how to reword things, oh, by the way, yes, this counts as community service, or oh, yes, you need to get this in here as leadership. Um, And that individual hands-on, one-on-one kind of conversation with, she does it for two solid days and repeating the same thing again (laughs) and again Mm -hmm. to every single family, but um, she has the passion for it, and so it makes it easy for her to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So when we met and we were talking about uh, when we met at that Chamber of Commerce event, Mm -hmm. right, and you were telling me about your mom and how um, blessed you all were with receiving the scholarships and Mm -hmm. your your mom has that servant spirit of giving back. She does. Yes. And I I know I know Miss Michelle knows and I know some of the parents that have come in. Um, with their children to learn about record books, understand this, but my mom has just the biggest heart and she cares so much for all of these 4-H'ers. And I can tell you that even throughout the year when she hasn't seen them, she'll be, um, and she'll be thinking of them or like talking about them. And whenever the results come out for those record books, she's on that website. She is waiting, mm-hmm. she's refreshing and she just screams with excitement whenever she gets to see anyone that she has helped uh, place or that she knows she just is so excited and just because she's gotten to see and the way she looks at it is, is she was blessed enough to be able to help us and through that she learned kind of how to do that and she wants to share that knowledge with other families so that they can have the same opportunities that I did mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah. that's and, awesome and like a lot of our 4-H volunteers her biological children and her 4-H children she talks about in the same breath Mm -hmm. (laughs) so her 4-H kids are her kids too Mm -hmm. and and we have a lot of active volunteers that that this is one big family it's it's a county family it's a district family it's a state family Mm -hmm. and it's a national family to be a 4-H member and a part of that yeah yeah. yeah, and another thing I think about Montgomery County is just there's so many opportunities here mm-hmm. um, to volunteer. So either with the Dispute Resolution Center as a 4-H volunteer, that's, and there's you know hundreds and hundreds of others. And I think a lot of the people in Montgomery County are very um, giving and giving mm-hmm. their time um, to so many different good causes. So I want to talk more, though, about uh, 4-H and how it led you to your um, career path. But we're going to take another little break and we'll be back in just a few minutes with savannah martin and michelle mahalik and this is the extension hour and we'll be right back texas a&m agrilife extension service is all about extending knowledge and providing solutions we do that by using science-based information 
to create high quality and relevant education for the people of Texas. More importantly, this outstanding education is delivered locally, right here in our county. We encourage lasting and effective change that helps our communities and our county thrive. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift and a flight on a historic B-17. Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. Welcome back to the Extension Hour. We're talking with Savannah Martin and Michelle Mahalik. This, um, we talk about all kinds of things with Extension. Uh, we talked about the bookmark contest mm-hmm. that just completed. So uh, the bookmarks ha- haven't actually been printed, but they will be printed. And then you distribute them um, several ways. Because mm-hmm. I know we've gotten some that yes. we have also used and we've passed on to those who have been participating in our Families Reading Every Day project. So awesome. like last year, our kids that were participating in Families reading every day at the local Head Starts. Mm-hmm. So the the federally funded Head Starts. There's two of them and an early Head Start. We gave them all those bookmarks, so they got those. Um, kind of go along with the books that they're reading, mm-hmm. so they have their own bookmark to put into the book. So, you know, lots awesome. of really positive messages there. They're reading with their families. They're strengthening family relationships. They're developing their leadership skill, leadership, literacy <laughs> skills. Because we've been talking about leadership, mm-hmm. and then um, they're also learning anti-bullying. Uh, messages because it's never too young to start Mm -hmm. (laughs) teaching people to be kind to each other. So uh, bookmarks are coming up and they'll be printed. Um, And there's another great um, recognition that the Dispute Resolution Center got that before we get away, we want to make sure that we mention that. Yes, of course. So we were actually just designated as a 2019 great nonprofit we were a 2018 non- great nonprofit as well, so we were very, very excited that we were chosen again this year, um, and very honored by that. And all the people who left reviews and everything like that, we're just very thankful that for them to talk about us and yeah. explain why they enjoy volunteering with us or working with us. So, how does that happen? How do you get selected as a great nonprofit? So, um, great nonprofit is a site where people can go on and leave reviews, and it also checks um, a bunch of different things to make sure you're a legitimate nonprofit. Um, and it looks at all of the reviews and you could review it as a volunteer, as a board member, or as someone who has used our services. And we have reviews from all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look at it kind of on a year by year basis of how many people went on and reviewed and then uh, make a selection based off of that. Great. Okay. So we, we only have just a couple of few minutes left. Yes. Um, we've been talking about um, what you what you did in 4-H. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, so tell me some of the projects that you do. You did. Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. So I did a lot of different projects. I was involved with uh, clothing and textiles. I did a lot of sewing projects. I did a lot of food and nutrition. I um, competed in um, a few different arenas with that. And, um, oh, goodness, I did, I raised chickens Ah. for two years. And Uh then when my siblings uh, aged out, I decided that I did not want to take care of 50 chickens on my own. (laughs) So I didn't do chickens anymore. Um, Those are some of the projects that I did. Um, And then another big part, um, Ms. Michelle already mentioned that community service is one of my main focuses. But another main focus for me was leadership. Mm -hmm. And so I served uh, both in my club. My first ever position was parliamentarian. 
And then I was secretary slash community service officer and worked my way up from that and then was actually president of the Montgomery County Council. Um, and all of those leadership positions kind of helped me. Um, they helped me get my first internship, which was here was with State Representative Will Metcalf. And from that and from those experiences, I learned how to work with people and how to get internships and things like that to get the work experience that you need that is so important um, and kind of, I want to say the real world, but it's very important mm -hmm. when you get to an age where you have to have work experience to go along with the community service. And so leadership just translated really well um, for me into being able to take on projects and work with others. And even in school, uh, it helped me a lot with group projects and things like that. So. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you saying is <laughs> your experience in 4-H and leadership really helped give you an advantage in your college career and in your internship yes, and then in your career now. Yeah. Yes, most definitely it did. So, so what kind of last thoughts would you want to leave? Um, I guess my last thoughts is, A, that I am very, very grateful for extension agents. I'm very grateful for Miss Michelle. Um, I don't think I would be sitting right here in this seat right now if it were not for her and for my parents. And my other lasting thoughts is that finding a program, especially something like 4-H, to spend and invest your time in with your children, especially even as a parent, say you volunteer with them, those are times that you'll never like regret that you spent with your children um, and helping them get invested in projects and things like that. Those are things that you, I don't think you'll ever be able to regret because it's spending time, it's teaching them these life skills that are so, so important and can greatly impact your life. Mm -hmm. so. Any last thoughts you want to share, Michelle? I, I think Savannah covered it very well. <laughs> so she, you're, you're a great poster child for 4-H. <laughs> Look what 4-H can do for you. And, and so as we mentioned, if you're interested in 4-H, you can call the Extension Office, 936-539-7825. You can also go online, Texas 4-H, mm -hmm. and check out all kinds of information there. Just, you know, if you kind of want to get a feel for what you'd like to do. Um, and... Oh, goodness. Okay, so we're out of time. I, you know, and I feel like we probably could have talked a lot more uh, about things with you. But um, thank you so much, Savannah, for being here. And Dispute Resolution Center is lucky to have you. Tech, you. Uh, Montgomery 4-H is lucky that you were a member. And um, we just really appreciate you. All right, so uh, we'll be back soon. I don't know about next week because uh, the holidays are coming up. But uh, you can go back and listen on podcasts, Google Play, Apple Play, Apple, Apple Play, yeah, all those, anyway, and YouTube, and on Facebook, all those kinds of things, and on the radio, on the radio's face, uh, webpage as well. All right, so thanks for listening. We'll be back.